0: Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker. Break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of the College Draft.
1: Yeah, it is Daddy Soda Time here on the College Draft Podcast presented by BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Just use the promo code Podcast1. For the 50% welcome bonus, he is Matt Waldman at Matt Waldman on Twitter, as well as MattWaldmanRSP.com. That's how you can get your hands on the critically acclaimed rookie scouting portfolio. Often imitated, never duplicated. There really is nothing like it. I've checked it out. So, so cool. Matt Waldman, RSP.com rookie scouting portfolio. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, lots of podcasts like the Even Money podcast, Fantasy Feast podcast, of course, this podcast, and daily, the Ross Tucker football podcast. And Matt, this is the big one. Last week... We talked about the Shrine game, some of the lower-level prospects. This week, it's the Senior Bowl. You are there. You're there all week, checking out the prospects, talking with folks. This is the premier All-Star game. These are the guys that go on day two. Some of them even go on day one. Uh, This is the best of the best.
0: Yeah. And it's a great crew of players this year for sure. And, you know, I mean, it's worth it. It's just so, you know, this is the unofficial convention of the NFL when it comes to scouts and coaches being down here in Mobile. And, um, you know, it's been, it's absolutely something I look forward to getting a chance to watch these guys practice. And then, you know, of course, the press conferences and the interviews that you get a chance to be a part of with it as the media getting a chance to just get to know a little bit more about these guys um, as well as talk to people that you may know in or outside of the league who may have also had a chance to talk to these guys or know people who've had meetings with um, some of these players at the, you know, in terms of team meetings and things like that.
1: So I will mention before we dive into the players uh, with Valentine's day, getting here before you know it. Please make sure you at least know about com. You literally talk to a writer for 10 minutes or so about your significant other or whoever you want to get the Valentine's Day gift for, and it's unbelievable. They write the most amazing story about them with quotes from you and then send it to you. You can get it framed. looks like it's on the cover of a newspaper. You give it to them. I can just about guarantee she will cry tears of joy. My dot Matt, let's start with a cornerback, Kendall Vildor from Georgia Southern.
0: Yeah, and he's you know, he's a fun one to begin with because obviously you think of a of the Sun Belt and, and you don't think of, you know, big time program from the level of who they face every week, but when he's faced clemson when he's faced the likes of some of the 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 power five schools he's done a really strong job he plays a lot of press man he has a good press man and bail technique he can keep an eye on the quarterback and be able to play the receiver Um, he held up physically against the likes of t higgins and justin ross and did a really strong job with them he shows range as a coverage player um, he works up the alley well as a tackler, he delivers a hit and wraps up well, um, really patient on fades and handles players in the red zone well, makes it look easy, really athletic with a strong catch radius, and he knows how to use his hands to, to work away from his frame and make the, make the catch. And he has good makeup speed, takes good angles, um, and, you know, on longer routes and is able to undercut receivers and find the ball quickly. And then as a a run defender or an open field defender, he can shed stock blocks, rip the ball free. Um, very good part of a gang tackling effort. Um, he comes downhill hard, hits the um, hits the receiver or the ball carrier, and earns position really well in the open field. Um, at, at worst, he occasionally loses the ball in the air when he's forced to turn his hips to the receiver and to the boundary and then turn back to the ball as he has his back hip. But, you know, to the receiver, but when you watch him overall, it's going to be, you know, it's it's fun to be able to watch him on these one-on-ones um, with these receivers. There's a lot of telling information that you can get with, you know, seven-on-sevens and then press man drills. And, you know, he's a guy that, you know, really holds his own in terms of his ability to stand up to physical play.
1: I know he ended up dropping out of the Senior Bowl this week, Matt, but I wanted to get your thoughts on Gladney anyway because I know studying the tape, he was a guy that jumped out to you.
0: Yeah, I really like this guy. You know, he's not maybe the biggest name of the group, but he plays tight and physical against routes that break back to the quarterback, and he's really quick to recover. He's been tested in the Big 12. You know, he closes well from trail position, defends the ball well, and he's a good run defender as well. He can get through traffic, get an angle on a ball carrier, and he pursues well on run blitzes, wraps up well, and he's just a very good ball tracker on vertical routes. He reads the eyes of his opponents well and is patient with when he's going to play the ball. And then he's also aggressive, you know, and hits in a very timely fashion as a tackler. Um, You know, I just want to continue to watch him against these physical receivers that they have in Mobile this week and and watch him against them with a plan and, and see what he can do with some of these quick, physical players. Um, Some of them we're going to talk about in a bit.
1: So it's interesting, Matt, because last week I was at the AFCA, the American Football Coaches Association, and talked with different coaches about different things. I actually talked with one of our next guy, inside linebacker, Evan Weaver. I talked with one of his coaches, uh, Mike Bruno, who does a terrific job for the Cal Bears with Peter Sermon and Justin Wilcox. And it's funny because I talked about – I didn't really talk about that many players there. I'm there talking more about uh, one of the businesses I'm involved in, Go Big Recruiting. But, you know, the Stanford offensive line coach, Kevin Carberry, who's terrific, told me about how good of a player Evan Weaver from Cal is. And then Mike Bruno, one of his coaches, said – the most instinctive downhill run defender he's ever been around. It's weird because he's number 89. He used to be a DN. They actually moved back to linebacker. He was 255, cut down to like 250. I mean, he's still 250 pounds um, playing linebacker at number 89. It's a weird thing to watch, but they both really, really sang his praises. Now, I don't know you know what he is in coverage and maybe you can tell me that but boy they said as a run defender downhill he's special
0: yeah and he definitely they are so on point about that because he definitely stands out for more than just his number and he can play inside or outside linebacker um i and i as you talked about his ability as a run defender it's because he's so patient he's patient and he sniffs out misdirection plays at a really high level so he's not easily fooled um and he's a good chase player too um so you know in addition to the fact that he can work downhill take on a blocker disengage and cut off a runner as well as know when to pull the trigger and just really play with his eyes yes he is a good pass defender Uh, he's skilled at disrupting passing lanes in zone and he can run with a lot of tight ends. He has a pretty good burst to him. So it's going to be interesting to see how he keeps up with, you know, throughout this week against some of the better tight ends um, that we see, like Josiah Delguera and um, Pinckney, Jared Pinckney, who is regarded as one of the best tight ends in this class, uh, as well as Harrison Bryan out of FAU. You know, Evan Weaver is going to get a, We're going to get a chance to see him in some of these 12-on-12s and and how he does. He's he's very good at also, you know, being able to in addition to shedding linemen and tracking people, he's very good at being able to locate the ball. He has that peanut punch, that peanut Tillman punch, and he's very adept at being able to locate the ball there. So he's one of those players that I've just been excited about wanting to see this week um you know, among many, but he stands out among the most.
1: Let's get to a couple quarterbacks, Matt. And they are both big names. I'm really looking forward to what you have to say about both of them. We'll start with Oregon quarterback Justin Herbert. Really glad that he's down there with you guys this week. Curious to see how he ends up performing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because you know the 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 thing about quarterbacking is that I think sometimes unintentionally, when it comes to like how we view quarterbacks based on how they churn in and out of the NFL and the way the media may talk about them, is that it seems to come across as if they either have to be a franchise stud who's going to be a Pro Bowl player perennially or they failed. But then we look at players like, say, you know, Josh Allen or Carson Wentz, who certainly has had a strong, you know, had a strong year um, in the past. But there are players in this league who can be good quarterbacks or in between. They're not one extreme or the other. And I think Justin Herbert may, may not be the perfect player. Um, in terms of what you're looking for, in terms of promise. But there's a lot to like about his game. He's very good at uh, attacking advantageous leverage points against coverage. He's great up the seam. When he sees a defender with a back to him, he's going to hit that receiver. He's either going to drop it in there to the tight end or the seam receiver, or it's going to force most likely a defensive pass interference penalty. He's mobile, and he's someone that will take a hit. Um, he can also sidestep interior and edge pressure, but also break the pocket. He's very good on rollouts and, and on designed plays, moving and throwing on the move, though not a breakaway threat. He's more of a guy that can give you more than just a chain moving run on occasion, even if you're not going to spy him on a regular basis. Think of him in that sense of like Carson Wentz, because he has that toughness. He has that mobility. He has the gun of an arm. I think he has a better deep um passing game overall than what Wentz has had consistently off of you know longer drops. Wentz is very good off of short drops and being able to hit those passes downfield. Herbert you can do a little bit more with some of the deeper drops and still have him do it in rhythm. Um, He's very good at also setting up the short game. Um, His play action game is very strong in terms of the punch and extension and sale of the play action fakes and I, I think that also combine that skill to work inside and outside in terms of moving the pocket or moving the the pitch point. He also has a really nice pump fake, so he can influence defenders and force them to bite on certain looks and, and to be able to buy either extra time or to be able to sell certain looks and go in an opposite direction. Um, he has an interesting little flaw that I want to see a little bit more of and see what's going on with that. But it seems to me that he has a slight pause at the end of his at the when he brings the ball to the very back point of his release and he kind of holds it there a little bit when he seems to be a little uncomfortable about what he's looking at. Like he's just if he's not confident about what he's processing, he tends to pause a little bit. And that can be a little bit of a tell and a little delay in his release. And it forces him to be late on certain throws. And I think that, you know, that's something that I want to see a little bit more as he continues to practice this week in a a more basic offense and how quickly he picks things up. Um, He doesn't have a great eye for dropping linebackers, but few quarterbacks at this stage of their development are, are particularly adept at being able to identify the dropping linebacker into zones. And and that's where he'll make mistakes. Um, and, And at the same time too, why he can, Fine second progression throws, he can be a little bit late on them. And then again, part of that, again, is that slower processor when he's not completely confident in things. But when he's confident in what he's doing, the ball comes out on time. He can be pinpoint accurate at every range of the field. He has the arm to reach every range of the field, and he has the legs to be able to stretch defenses horizontally as well as vertically. So he's an exciting prospect. And I think Carson Wentz is kind of that aspirational and. of, the top end of what you would compare him to if things work out.
1: Yeah. To me, I'm trying to think who he compares to. He he kind of, uh, he's obviously got a live arm. He moves. Well, I just didn't see the consistent accuracy or even the, the football awareness that I would want to see. Um, he's, he's concerning to me. He feels like, a project and feels like he should be further along after he returned to school this year than he actually is. What about Jalen hurts the quarterback from Oklahoma?
0: Yeah. yeah and I agree with you about, about Herbert. He's a, he's a, he's an interesting puzzle as far as hurts goes listen, you know, right away, I mean, before we even talk about what he does on the field, the fact that this guy basically got pulled in the second, you know, at the end of the first half in the national championship game and handled it the way he did, and then went to a new program and played the way that he has, is going to earn him a lot of points in terms of the type of teammate he is. Um, You know, and when you watch him play, you know, a lot of people are probably going to compare him to some more quick twitch type of runners that he's not, he's not the next Lamar Jackson. He's, you know, he's a guy who he can run and he has some quickness to his game, but he's not that stop, start, leave a guy who's, you know, about to hit him from inches away and leave him in his tracks. He's more of an angular cutback runner with some, uh, you know, tackle dragging type of power. Um, And he, you know, while running is an added feature to his game, that's not going to be the main way he wins. I mean, he is a skilled vertical passer. He can step up or buy time in and outside the pocket to attack downfield, both on the perimeter and over the middle. And, you know, I, I, I chart a lot of I chart quarterback games. So I've charted nine of his games thus far and, you know, he's been accurate under pressure on scripted plays. So when I look at scripted plays where he has to throw from an on-platform position facing pressure. he I've seen 27 of that specific type of throw over nine games. And he was pinpoint accurate at every range of the field with the exception of four targets. So he was 23 of 27 in those situations. And that kind of belies some of the reputation that he has as strictly a playground guy. Certainly he has that ability to buy time and move around and he can be very good at that. But at the same time, when he's comfortable with what he's doing, and you've got, you know, I've seen him in some difficult situations in tight pockets where he's made some really nice throws. Um, And so you want to see that brought up more in his game as he translates to the NFL, he can press a little too hard to make the hero plays inside the twenties. So whether it's backed up in his own territory or his opponents, kind of like Mitchell Trubisky, a lot like a lot of athletic quarterbacks who transition to the league, they tend to try and press too much and, try and make plays and extend plays too long and not throw the ball away and end up forcing the ball into coverage. And while he may make that mistake in the first quarter and look like he learned it in the third quarter, he'll do the same thing he did wrong in the first quarter now in the fourth quarter. So it's not, it's something that he's repeatedly made a mistake. He's going to have to, it's going to be a hard lesson for him, a harder lesson for him to learn, but he's going to have to learn it scouts are going to be a little worried about his elongated release. He has, he brings that back arm pretty straight behind him. Now I'm not a big mechanics guy on the level of like, to me, it's like, listen, if, if it works and you're, you're able to get repeatable accuracy without hurting your offense with the way that you perform mechanically, and it's not going to hurt you physically, I'm okay with it. But I think there is going to be some nitpicking about that and it is worth looking into to see if it's going to be an issue long-term. And you just want to see more manipulation out of his game because Lincoln Riley's offense, as much as it's done well to elevate the prospects of guys like Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, it is a highly structured offense where a lot of manipulation is embedded into the play structure so that you see guys open up to a side and look off a defender. But it's more a scripted part of the play in a way that it – it, it can be a kind of a false positive to how well a quarterback actually manipulates the defense, especially when things may not go perfectly well with the first read. Um, and the biggest thing he's got to improve is ball security. I mean, in those nine games that I charted, it seemed like other than maybe two games, something happened where he lost control of the ball, whether it was a snap, an exchange with a back, carrying the football. Fall, you know, stumbling over and putting the ball on the ground and then losing control of it. it just seemed like every game there was something that he could have prevented to avoid a fumble and it happened and that's going to have to be corrected immediately. But I think his style of play to me, he's aspiring right now to be kind of what, if you remember David Garrard from Jacksonville, he kind of has that David Garrard type of style to his game where he can go deep, he can move and, and and get yards and move the chains for you and buy time. And if everything turns out great and he becomes just a master learner on a level that we don't expect all the time, maybe we can look at seeing a guy who starts to approach the neighborhood of a Donovan McNabb. But I think David Garrard is the more realistic comp for him in terms of style.
1: Boy, I really like that, Matt. I, I like when you have NFL comps and. I hadn't—I hadn't thought of David Guard's name in five years, but when you say that, I can absolutely see that. Let's get to some running backs. You love them. We love hearing you talk about them. Joshua Kelly from UCLA.
0: Yeah, and you know these are guys I would love to be able to talk about, but sometimes the teams aren't performing as well during the year, and and the, and the matchups aren't as great. So when they get a chance to be invited to a game like this. It's also for a scout like me in that level. It's kind of validation to like someone and see that you know guys like Jim Nagy who, who've been scouting in the league and then running this show that he and his staff also appreciate him. He's a five eleven, two hundred nineteen pound runner, really good press and cutback skills from a variety of alignments. He they run in, in Chip Kelly's offense. You know they have a lot of thirteen personnel where it's you know three tight ends and it's really tight you know alignments and and a lot of traffic, and he's very good at reading these multiple options, beginning from the exchange all the way to the line. He sets up inside and outside runs very well. He can find the backside cutback. He can avoid penetration in the backfield, and he's really efficient in with his movement. You know, whether it's just opening his hips quickly and not doing the jump cuts that that oftentimes are really pretty to look at for fans but can force a player to end up jump cutting into the backside of his guard or his tackle rather than being able to buy the space that he needs to to be able to set up the block. Kelly's very good at setting things up with just efficient footwork movement, whether it's inside or outside. And he has speed to beat linebackers, you know, whether it's to the short side edge or holding off defensive backs 40 to 50 yards downfield. And then he also has the the pad level to get under – Defensive backer, um, defensive backs, split them for first downs, as well as being able to pull through any type of reach or grab by a linebacker. And he has a really strong, stiff arm. And then when it comes to blocking, he can work to the edge. He delivers his hands well on linebackers. He, and he's someone that will step up, square, his frame and lean into a defensive end with his hands out to at least shield the opponent. So the willingness is there. Some of the technical abilities there in terms of position as a, as a blocker. And you certainly have a savvy runner. I think this is someone that um, kind of is sneaky good in a way that we, he, he hasn't been talked about a lot, but he really reads his keys well as, as a running back. And he's, he's a very instructive player to teach about evaluating the running back position.
1: Another running back is Darius Anderson from TCU.
0: Yeah. And, you know, there's a guy by the name on that team, Saywell Olinula, Olinula, who is, you know, a huge physical phenom that's playing, I believe, in the NFLPA Bowl, who, you know, certainly more in the Travis Henry type of size um, in terms of his frame and dimensions. But I really like Darius Anderson. I think he's a smart, underrated running back in this class who shared time with Ola He caught my eye after watching um, Anderson gain 154 yards and two touchdowns on 12 carries against Ohio State in 2018. And he executed really well as a blocker. He had seven blocking assignments in that game, and he executed all the expectations. And I tend to have really high expectations for running backs as pass protectors. It's not whether they just got in the way and, and prevented the quarterback. I want to see him punch. I want to see them be technically sound. And I try and project it against what I think an edge player will do uh, in the pros. So they may have protected the quarterback on that rep, but if they don't do the things I'm looking for, I'm not giving them credit. So he handled that really well. He's He has the speed to extend runs into the secondary if even, and there's some breakaway ability to, to him, he has really strong control of his feet. And, and like Kelly sets up creases, he doesn't need more than a step to cut downhill on a perimeter run. So he transitions very fast and he can freeze opponents and reaccelerate quickly. And when a running back can reaccelerate, um, you know, especially after dealing with contact or making someone miss, um, they're very dangerous. And that's a really good sign for them as you know, in terms of what they can do athletically at the pro level. He has functional power, Um, you know, so he's going to work through defensive linemen on hits and wraps and at least extend the play a little bit longer. Um, Kind of like what we talked about last week with Benny LeMay, he can kind of um, lean through contact at the first and second level. Um, But, and like him also, I like that. He has no problem taking tight creases. He's not looking for that huge wide open runway. He can, he can find that little side street and cut through it and, and get good yards and be efficient about it. And then as a blocker, he handles twists and stunts really well. He just has a good feel for what defenders are trying to do and be able to be in position to get square. He'll get good depth into the line, and he's a good cut blocker, too. You can do it on the edge as well as through the A-gaps against blitzing linebackers. And sometimes guys are only really good at cut blocking off the edge. He's good at being able to do both. So Darius Anderson's been one of my underrated backs I haven't really talked about a lot, um, but I've been looking forward to getting the chance, and it was del- kind of delightful in that sense that he got um, added to the Senior Bowl roster because I didn't expect that.
1: Running back slash wide receiver slash kick returner Antonio Gibson from Memphis. Yeah. I watched him in the Cotton Bowl against Penn State. He's he's a truly unique player.
0: Yeah, he really is. I mean, this is a six-two. 221-pound football player who, you know, it's interesting because Tony Pollard was at the Senior Bowl last year, and while at Memphis he played a lot of slot receiver, they used him as a running back, and he looked really good, and that was a precursor to what we saw in the preseason with the Cowboys. Gibson also looks good as a running back, but man, as a receiver, he's more impressive than Pollard. Um, and the game, one of the games that I'd highlight was I studied him against SMU this year and he set a school record with 368 all purpose yards that included a 98 yard kick return as a receiver. Listen, he, he's quick off the line. He can use a stick and double swipe his arms against press. He's physical. He has a good swim move as well. Um, as a stock blocker, he's going to get his arms extended and get into the defender and turn that man. Um, He's very quick, even without a punch. He has to work on his punches, but because he's so strong, he can bring his hands almost downward and hammer onto a defensive back and and then get his hands on the man and turn him. In terms of route running, he sells a lot of routes breaking back to the quarterback very well. He He can sell the vertical with keeping his eyes up. He can change the direction of his body just enough to hint at either breaking inside or outside, and then pulling the string and being able to make a hard break at a sudden stop and come back to the ball in a direction that the defender didn't anticipate. Um, You know, considering he's a part-time receiver, he sells routes like a full-time guy. Um, Really capable of high-pointing the ball, and he has, you know, a good pull-down with his hands and transitions very quick upfield and he picks through traffic well when he deals with contact he can fall forward or balance touch and stay on his feet um and then as a runner listen he can read the pin and pull you know outside type of run um very well he's very decisive he can you know work through wraps by defensive backs for extra yards he has a good jump cut um and He's able to kind of get through defenders reaching for his legs, either running over them, getting his knees high, or leaping past and staying not, – not leaping so high that he ends up wasting space but can, you know, hit the ground pretty quickly and continue moving. Um, and then there's a blocker. He moves pretty well laterally, excellent feel, feet to cut back inside or outside. And, and then, you know, in terms of just strength, I mean, this is a strong, quick – Technically promising player, both as a receiver and a running back. So getting the chance to see more reps with him as a running back is probably one of the biggest reasons why I mentioned having him on here because I really liked what I saw from him in terms of his promise as a wide receiver.
1: Speaking of wide receivers, let's finish up with Jawan Jennings from Tennessee.
0: Yeah, I love this guy. This is this is one of my fa- absolute favorite players in this class. Um, You know, we've talked about Grant Delpit an awful lot, and I know I've mentioned him and and Antonio Gandy-Golden, we've mentioned a couple times on this show, but Jennings, listen, this is a 6'3", 221 pound flanker and a former quarterback who Tennessee, just as a freshman, decided we had to get this guy on the field. They had Joshua Dobbs at the time and, you know, Dobbs was an excellent college player, maybe not a great pro prospect, but a really dynamic athlete at the quarterback position and a really smart dude who, you know, they felt like he was playing, you know, very well for them, get Jennings on the field as a receiver. And he shined, he's not a burner. Okay. But he has enough speed to work deep in terms of his initial quickness and his physicality. And he can build up speed if he gets early separation and his games about movement and physicality. Um, He, you know, he shines on those angular routes like posts and corners and double moves built off of that where he can sell them well with his head and shoulders and hips. Um, He uses his hands well to swim or swat or swipe past opponents on the line, really violent hands. He's hard to really knock or reroute because of his size and his comfort with physicality. And then at the catch point, he has no problem attacking the ball. Um, He has really strong technique. He gets his hands together. Very quickly, it's hard for a lot of receivers, even guys like Cortland Sutton, who had a great year this year, can't get his hands together close enough all the time to catch the ball as smoothly as you'd like to see. And it can sometimes be a roller coaster for him. Jawan Jennings, no problem like that. He works through and around coverage to win the ball. He's tough like Antoine Bolden. Watch, there's some highlights of him against South Carolina where he runs um, a seam route in the fourth quarter takes a hit at the end line to his chest on a seam route where it just sends him flying where literally his feet come out from under him and he flies towards basically the photographers at the, basically at the back wall behind the end line. And he hits that wall and just pops up with the ball in his hand. I mean, it looked like that Terrell Owens catch years ago at the 49ers Packers playoff game from years ago at the goal line. It looked like that kind of hit that he dealt with. And, you know, what I love most about Juwan Jennings is his physicality just as a football player. As a former quarterback, he's unbelievable as a run blocker. I mean, he stock blocks linebackers, uppercuts them, position his pads. He'll reposition and, and, and work off of their attempts to redirect and just glue his chest to their chest or his pads to their pads and turn them and drive them out of the play. And they can try to shed him multiple times, and he's still on them until the whistle's blown, probably the echo of the whistle's blown. He delivers his pads with a thud against safeties. He's used as a lead blocker on perimeter runs, and he's someone that even seen watching him crack block on defensive ends on toss plays and hold his own enough to at least stop the defensive end long enough to put the guy behind a step or two in pursuit. And he also works well on special teams, and he'll come down and hit you. He uses his hands well, just violently to win versus press, and then also as a blocker and as a runner too. And he reminds me of guys who fit in the mold of like Brandon Marshall and Anquan Bolden. I think he's going to be a starter, a notable starter in the NFL within the next two to three years.
1: You know, I mentioned this last week about the Shrine game, I'm pretty sure you can bet on the Senior Bowl. I probably should have checked over at betonline.ag before I mentioned it again this week, but I'm pretty sure you can bet on the Senior Bowl. Why not? You know what? The more I talk about uneven money, the more we do stuff like that, the more I realize it is really, really fun betting on these games. I mean, really fun. Any games, having a wager, having some interest in it, I highly recommend betonline.ag. Use the promo code podcast1. You get a 50%, that's 5 0. 50% welcome bonus, which is pretty darn cool. But you got to use the promo code podcast1 for the 50% welcome bonus when you go to betonline.ag. That is the key. The other keys, make sure you're checking out Fantasy Feast, Even Money Podcast this week. Ross Tucker Football Podcast, second to last week of us being daily. Hopefully, you guys uh, are enjoying it. We'll still be three times a week after the Super Bowl. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We're all tapped out.